Yeah, good. Everybody awake? Everybody awake? Hey, let me just get this over with. Yes, I have new boots on. I know you noticed, right? So, anyway, so I went to, can we zoom in on these? Because they're good. Right, so I went to Texas last week, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, the rattlesnake is so cool. And my wife, I walked in with them, and she goes, you are a total redneck. I'm like, I know. And I think she means that's sexy. I, that's what I'm going with in my head anyway. But, uh, but anyway, so, so if that offends you, first of all, you're in the wrong church. But here's the other thing is, having snakeskin boots is biblical. Uh, uh, wait, wait for it, right? Uh, so like in the book of Genesis, it says that Jesus is going to crush the serpent's head. I just made boots out of them. See? It's, it's all good. It's all good. But, but anyway, so you, you don't have to look at them, but you can't help it. I was in the lobby last night, and people would walk by, and it was like going, yeah, I see, I see, all right, right? I feel like a really pretty girl at a party. I'm like, hey, guys, guys, my eyes are up here, all right? So uh, your last pastor didn't say that, did he? Which why is your last pastor and you're here? Welcome to Flatirons. All right, so, so, so I was in Texas last week and I, I got lit up on social media and I, I don't care. Uh, so I was, I was down there, I did a pig hunt. Uh, so a while, there's all these feral pigs and, and, I, and I shot pigs out of a helicopter. Because it's America and we can do that, all right? But, uh, but so there's two million feral pigs in, in Texas and Texas is like America on steroids. But anyway, they, they cause $1.5 billion of damages. And, and listen, I know I'm standing right now, wherever you're listening to me in the world, I'm standing in Boulder County and we're a little nuts here. Let's just be honest, all right? We grew up believing Disney's real. We think little pigs talk to us and they're cuddly and their name's Wilbur and they talk to spiders and stuff like that, right? It's not, it's not real. I, the, the pigs that I, that I shot, several hundred of them, uh, 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 they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, dude. Uh, um, they're satanic. I'm, I'm convinced uh, they have tusks. They, they, kill, they kill things. They look like this, all right? This is, a, this is a wild pig. Now, now listen, if this offends you, let me tell you why I'm okay with killing wild pigs because Jesus did. Wait for it. All right, if, if, so in, we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. In, in Matthew chapter eight, Jesus comes about these two men and they're full of demons, right? And they, he's gonna cast the demons out and the demons are like, don't just send us away. And there's a herd of pigs right there and Jesus puts all the, all the demons into the pigs. They run over a cliff into the ocean and commit suicide. I'm just doing the Lord's work. I'm just doing it with a 12 gauge. That's all I'm doing, all right? So, so, so write me letters, I don't care, I welcome. But anyway, so here's the other question I get asked a lot. So, so what do they do with all that, that poor, all that meat? And some of it is donated to a, a, an organization called Hogs for a Cause. Isn't that great? Um, but, uh, but a lot of it, there's just overwhelming. The, the farmers just need them, them gone, but because it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Now, I, I, I'm gonna tie all that, because is what I do. I'm gonna tie all that into Jesus in just a minute, okay? So trust me, all right? Uh, so I, I, last week, uh, Ben kicked off a new series called Muscle Memory, right? Where we are, we're, we're gonna go into training, and this is what kind of we're gonna do for the next month or so in here, is we're learning to do new things that many of us, um, we've never done done it before, done it that way before, and it's just like everything else, when you, when you try to do something new, um, you're not very good at it, right? Um, it, it's awkward, uh, it's exhausting, it feels weird sometimes, because it's just different. You never thought about doing it that way before. Now, now here's the, the tie-in here. So uh, up until la my whole life, until last Saturday, I'd never been in a helicopter before, all right? And so when we show up there at the helicopter, um, I, I was excited and I was also nervous, but here's the thing is, Everything I was told to do by the, by the pilot went against everything I'd ever been taught. 
Everything that intuitively I just felt that, that I should do that or shouldn't do that. For like all my life, whenever I go to an amusement park or whatever, they, they drill us into my head. You know, keep your, keep your head and your hands inside the vehicle at all times. That's about to go away, all right? Um, keep your seatbelt on. And, uh, uh, and how about this? Uh, and if, you're, if, if heights freak you out, don't look down. Well, that's all changed, okay? Because when I get there, Johnny, who's a special ops Blackhawk uh, helicopter pilot, he, he shoves me out the door. He called me some names, hurt my feelings. All right, and so he basically says, get out of my helicopter. He pushes me out there, I'm out there on the side, leaned out, I'm catching my harness. He says, do not, do not point the gun up because there's a propeller. If you shoot the propeller, we all die. And if you stay in my helicopter and you puke, I'm a sympathetic pu puker, so puke in your shirt because if you puke, I puke and then we all die. There's a theme, <laughs> right? And I'm pretty sure that Johnny would have shot me and shot me out of the helicopter if I had, had puked. Now listen, at first, all right, it was really, really scary, but eventually I got the, I got the hang of it. And it came a little bit more natural over time. Every once in a while, Johnny would call me a bad name and get out of my helicopter, all right? Now, here's why I tell you all that, okay? There's a point. Besides, it's an awesome story. Um, um, when, 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 we step, when we step into the kingdom of God, and that's what a lot of us did a couple weeks ago, um, several hundred of us said, I, I wanna be baptized. Several thousand of us said, uh, several men said, hey, I'm going to step across, I'm going to put one of these on. But I'm not going to limit it to men. Because I know a lot of women who said, I made decisions about my life in that series. And during that whole series, I made choices about from now on, my life is going to be like this. But whenever, whenever like, like, when you got baptized and when you stepped into th that kingdom, let me tell you what happens automatically, right? Uh, automatically, you're forgiven, you're forgiven as you're ever gonna be. You get as much grace as you're ever gonna need. You get a new identity, uh, you get a new name, you get a new life from above. All that's true, but here's the other thing that, that most Christians don't talk about. I'm forgiven and I'm saved, and I'm living in the kingdom, but I brought a bunch of crap with me. I came with baggage, anybody else? Um, uh, I, I brought all my old habits, all my old behaviors, all my old, I, I'll say it, all my old muscle memories came with me, right? Let me relate, relate to that. I'm getting choked. Uh, um, I'll, I'll go even further. I've never met anybody that I believe anyway who ever looked at me and said, you know, when I, when I met Jesus and I prayed a prayer or I got baptized, from that point on, I never struggled again. I never thought about the old stuff. I was never tempted to do the old, the old things. I never, I never wrestled with that ever again. I never, I, I never had this old pre-Jesus stuff come back in my life. I've never met anybody that that's happened to that I believed. This is not my story. Right? It's still there. It comes with us. Now, it doesn't own us anymore. Those chains are broken, all right? It doesn't, it, it, we're, we're free and change is now possible, but it, it followed me. And, and, and that makes sense when you think about it. I mean, look, look at it this way. So I've read the Bible several times and studied, especially the Jesus parts a lot. Jesus healed a lot of people in the Bible. We all heard those stories, all right? But whenever Jesus healed people, they were always physical problems, Right? Like there's a person that couldn't walk and he would touch them or speak to them and then they could walk or maybe they were blind and he would touch them and then they could see or they were sick and he, he, would, he would do something and then they weren't sick anymore. But have you never noticed Jesus never healed a person of like greed? He, ne he never touched somebody and they, they were never selfish again or they never got angry again, or they, they never, you know, their, their addiction, Jesus spoke to them and they, were, they weren't addicted anymore. They never felt contempt. They never wrestled with lust anymore. Jesus never healed anybody's character. You gotta think about that. See, these were all, I guess he could have, he can do anything he wants, but, but, but he looks and goes, no, this is gonna be a, a longer process. 
It's gonna be, it's gonna take a, it's a journey. It's gonna training. It's gonna take a lot of practice. In order to learn to, to, to do new things in new ways, uh, we're gonna have to eliminate some stuff that historically always trips us up and pulls us back towards that old life. And then we gotta get to work and practice, practice, practice until that new way of living becomes like, that's my new normal. That's, my, that's who I am now. That's, that, that's my muscle memory. And that, that whole process that, that Ben talked about last week and we're gonna do, talk about, we talk about it all the time. It's one of our values around here. We, we call it spiritual formation, spiritual transformation. This is what Jesus taught. Something has got to change on the inside of us and, it, and growth takes time and then it makes its way out and our lives are different. But it all starts on, I gotta rethink who I am and what I want my life to be about. So this is all review, okay? So, so Ben introduced a new series, but uh, back at Labor Day, we started working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what I wanna show you is that everything that we've been doing for the last like eight months in here, it all, all ties together. Like, like last week, we looked at these three circles, all right? And so if you weren't here because uh, the snow scared you, uh, whatever, uh, so um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, kind of. Uh, um, so take pictures. This is really good stuff Ben gave us last week. So, so anytime you want change in your life, it's these three things. You have to learn and then you have to eliminate some stuff and then you have to practice. And so this is what we've been calling just, it's spiritual formation. It's the same, it's the same, you know, uh, it's the same journey. It just has some different words in it. Like, like learn. Okay. We've been talking about this for a long time. Learn becomes, I got to know Jesus. Right, I, I need to know who Jesus is. A lot of us are raised with really bad versions of Jesus, right? I, need, I wanna know who Jesus is. What's Jesus think about that? What's Jesus say? Well, who does he say I am? Who is Jesus, all right? Uh, remember this? We started this back at Easter. It's like, if this is a rope and I'm holding on to, this is my belief system. It's what life has handed me. When I think about God, this is what I think about. Remember when we talked about this? When I think about you, know, you, this is what I think about. When I think about marriage or money or sexuality, this is what life has handed to me and I'm holding, I'm holding on to it. Or, or how about in the last series? Um, when I think about this is what a man is, this is what masculinity is, this is what a husband is, or what, whatever it is, uh, th this is what it is. And now I'm, I'm learning new stuff about Jesus and who he is and how, who he says I am and how, what he thinks about what I've been holding on to and how he really sees. And so I'm, Get this? I'm, the biblical word is I'm repenting. I'm rethinking everything because I've learned some new things and, I'm, and I want to take hold of a better idea. Everybody with me? Spiritual for me. I got to learn some new stuff because this old stuff, it may or may not be true. I want to know what Jesus says. And now that, that's all information at that point. And then you have to move on to this next one. Eliminate. Eliminate what? Anything that's standing in the way. Obstacles and untrue responses. All right? Because this is what happened this week. All right? You got all fired up about, you got baptized, or, or you put a thin, I, listen, I think baptism should come with a disclaimer. If you decide to get baptized today, you're gonna have a really horrible week, right? Or, or if you decide to work on your marriage, your marriage is gonna hit a wall. Or if you decide to you know, patch something up with your kid or your mom or whatever that is, it's just gonna be the worst week of your life. You hit a wall, all right? And here's what it looks like. Why can't I believe that what Jesus says is true for everybody else? Why can't I believe that's true for me? You ever feel like that? I think it's true for their marriage. I don't know if it's gonna be true for my marriage. I don't know if it's true for, for me or what's going on with my, with my family. Why can't I believe? What is standing in the way? It's like, it's like I, Jesus says that that, he, he, that truth is for me, but there's something saying I can't have it. Right? And I'm gonna be honest with you. I want everything Jesus says he wants for me. I want all the grace, all the love, all the potential. I want everything that Jesus has in mind for me, and that's in my way. Why? I gotta go to work on that. 
this is true, that says I can't have it, I gotta I got get rid of that. And then, then we kind of, kind of move on to this next thing, right? Because all that doesn't change anything. I gotta practice. And practice, when it comes to changing spiritually, it's just, it's just like everything else, it's, it's a spiritual discipline. If you, if you go out for sports, there's disciplines. If you learn a new hobby, there's, there's disciplines. And so here's what we're looking at. In light of this new truth that I've been learning and what's now possible for me, in order to get that to be a reality in my life, what do I need to begin to do? Like, how do I begin to train? What do I need to start practicing so that that truth becomes a reality for my life? So, so at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells this, and we'll get there in a, in a, few, in a couple months, but um, Jesus tells this really famous like, metaphor story about what has to happen. He, he says this, he says, the, the person, man or woman, the, the man who hears these words of mine about what I say is true, so you learn the new stuff. The person who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. You're like a wise man, a wise person. How wise, Jesus? You're, you're like a wise person who built their house on a rock and the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew against that house. It didn't fall down, you know why? Because you put into practice what I told you works. But then he goes, there's another paragraph. But the person who says, listen, I believe all the right stuff. I heard what you said, Jesus, but does not put it into, he says, you're, you're foolish. You're like a person who builds their house on the sand and the same rain, the same winds, and the same flood hit your house and it falls down again. You had two out of three. You needed all three. I gotta learn some new stuff. I gotta get to work on this stuff over here and then I gotta train, 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 train. Does that make sense? So, so, you know, last week as I was listening to Ben, um, I, I thought, you know, those three circles, you, you can plug any area of your life into those three circles and it'll change for the better, right? I mean, think about it, right? And this is where we're gonna end later today. Um, you, take marriage or take a relationship What's going on with your kids? Maybe you struggle with addiction. Maybe you want to lose weight, all right? Maybe you want to get in shape. Maybe you want to learn a new skill, baseball, or you want to learn to play the piano. If you plug it into that, that's the way you have to do it. I got to learn new stuff. I got to get some stuff out of the way and practice, practice, practice. But here's what, no matter what you want to change in your life, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You're not going to be very good at it at first. I think we're naive to think we just, one day I got it, Right? No, nothing important happens that way. It's, it's gonna be awkward, you're gonna make mistakes, and again, you're not gonna be good at it, but with a lot of practice, you might get better, right? I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Okay, so I love watching sports. I'm a very good umpire. I can't play baseball, but I, I, can, call, I can call a strike from the upper deck. I'm just good, all right? But, uh, but so, so how about this? I don't know what I would do if I was playing third base and a ball came off the bat at 120 miles up my face. I, I, here's what I think, I'd die. I'd be like, up. Oh. Okay, medic, right? That, that's what I think, all right? I do know what Nolan Arenado would do because I've watched him do it over and over, okay? He's able to get a line drive right at him and he just does it. He jumps up, he makes the exchange and he fires to first base without even thinking and he makes it look effortless. And I sit in my living room or in the stands going, how did he do that? It looks so, so, ready, easy, you know? It's not easy. To, to, he, he, took, he took everything there and to get there, he had to take it through all three circles. I gotta learn some new stuff that I don't know how to do right now. There's some stuff I've gotta unlearn and get out of my way, and then he shows up at practice over and over and over and over and over when nobody's watching, and there's no shortcut, and there's no fast track to being, being that good, all right? Uh, it's just a lot of training. But it's also why he just signed the largest financial deal in Rocky's history. Right, and here's why. Yeah, go Rockies. But here's, here's why, all right? Um, and we're gonna get here in, in, next week more um, because down the road, there's a reward. Down the road. And we all think we should get paid by Tuesday. 
When I started, I got baptized. Why didn't everything, where's the payoff, all right? It's down the road. It's going to take a lot. Now, here's the, here's the reality, I think, all right? I think most everybody listening to me right now goes, okay, I agree. That makes sense, all right? Um, and we also know that some people are going to go faster than other people. I can spend the rest of my life, I will never play baseball like that, okay? But I'm good at some stuff, and he's better at some stuff, and you're better at some stuff. We all go at different rates, and we have our different gifts. But here's the question. Why, if that's all true with all the parts of our life, why do we think living our spiritual life would be different? Why, why do we think, you know, if we set out to live a with God kind of life, like, I want, I want to try to live a life where God is right here with me all day long. Or how about the last series? I, 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 want, to, I want to become a better man, husband, father. Or, you know, I want to become a better mom. I want to become a better leader. I want to become a better, you know, uh, boss. What, whatever that is in, in, your, in your life. Why do we think it would happen fast? Or come easy. Nothing important comes easy. It takes a lot of practice, doesn't it? It's the same thing with you know, following Jesus. So, so the last command, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The last command that Jesus gave before he left and returned to his father, and remember this? It's like the last thing you want ringing in people's ears. It's like, it's important. Hang on to this. It's going to be a while before we talk again. The last thing he said was this. Okay, I'm, I'm leaving. Um, I want you all, my followers, I want you to go. Get off this mountain, go, where, everywhere, all right? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to teach what I taught you. Don't try to teach stuff I didn't teach you. Don't put words in my mouth and make stuff up. It just makes it worse. Just teach whatever I taught you. And then as you're teaching other people about what I taught you, they're gonna have a conversation with me and they're gonna wanna come into my kingdom. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit into my kingdom. And then when they come up out of that water, here's what I want you to do. Link arms with them and just keep on practicing. Just keep on training over and over and over so that you can do together what you saw me do. And that whole thing is called spiritual formation. You gotta learn some new stuff, you gotta eliminate some stuff, and you gotta keep on practicing. So here's where we're going for the, like the, uh, probably up till Easter, right? On the heels of, uh, you know, like part one, the first third of this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been talking about this uh, in chapter five that we, we spent all of the fall in, right? This is what it means to be good. This is what a good person is. This is what a good life looks like. And this is what's possible if you were to live your life with Jesus in, in his kingdom in this life, all right? And then, you know, in our last series, we said this. This is what God says he created men to do. This is the purpose of a man. This is the mission of a man. This is when men work best. So now we come to chapter six of, of the Sermon on the Mount, and there's free Bibles in the back of all of our auditorium, so go grab one on your way out. But, but here's what we're gonna do. Jesus is gonna give us some examples, and he's not gonna say it's the only part or the only thing you need to do or the, even the most important parts, but he's gonna give you examples of those three areas of life that have, that have to be in place no matter what you wanna change in your life if you want your life to at least to uh, kind of change for, for, for the better, all right? To see growth uh, for a better life become a reality. And so he starts with this, Matthew chapter six, and he says this. He says, be careful, be careful, all right, not to do your acts of righteousness. And that, we, we unpack that. That means this. I, I'm trying to connect with Jesus. He says that's a righteous, a good thing to do. I want to do something good. That's great. But be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, in front of people, in order to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. And so, so Jesus calls out one of the two things we're gonna really dig into in the next couple of months, all right? Two areas, or how about this? Two walls that you'll run into when you say, I wanna do something better with my life, any area of your life. 
I want to be a better man. I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a better woman. I want to be better. Whatever that is, all right, I want to start training to do something different. Here's what, here's what you will run into, okay? It's a question. It goes like this. What will people think if I do this? Right? I mean, this happens all the time. Right? So you, you say, okay, I'm gonna change my life as a, in whatever, I'm gonna follow Jesus more. Let me restate that. Will, will people's opinion of me go up or down depending on if I do this? This is what Jesus wants me to do, I'm thinking about doing it. Will people think more of me or less of me? Will, will people respect me more or not respect me? I, so I'm, I'm trying to change my life to follow Jesus. My buddies used to invite me to go do stuff with them. If I follow Jesus now, will I not get the invitation anymore? Yeah. Here, here's one, all right, um, and, and this actually happens. Um, somebody might find out you go to that church, that big church that preaches the Bible, right? And if people find out about that, you could lose business. This is why a bunch of you took the stickers off your car. I get it. I get it. We're pretty conservative. We actually believe Jesus tells the truth, and not everybody likes that, and it might cost you some deals. I get it. But, but if how people might see me becomes the primary filter. And I'm not saying it's not important, but if it becomes the primary filter which causes you to, to do something or not do something, good or righteous, something that you know Jesus wants you to do, be careful. That's what Jesus said. Be careful what you ask for because if the reward you're looking for is I just want everybody to be okay with me, that may be all the reward you, you get. And then Jesus says, okay, let me give you an illustration. And every person knew the illustration he gives is a good thing to do. Now, I want, I want to tell you this so that nobody like, looks at their visitor and go, I'm sorry you came today. So he uses money as an example, but this is not a money talk. That's like three weeks from now. All right, uh, but, um, but, but today, it's, not, it's just the illustration. You could actually take this money out and put anything else in there, and, and it works, okay? So don't freak out going, he wants our money. I, I really don't, right? Not, not yet, anyway. Uh, so, uh, so, so here's what Jesus says. So, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets, as the, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogue, synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. And so everybody in that crowd knew Jesus, exactly what Jesus was referring to, and he was referring to something that they all were like, oh, uh, yeah, we just don't talk about that. Because everybody agrees, giving money to person in need, that's a good thing. You're a creepy person if you go, no, I don't want to help poor people ever, all right? It's so important, sorry, uh, that Jesus says when you give. He doesn't say if you give. It's just understood, you help people out, right? So when you give, all right? Which is why, if, if you went to Jerusalem, which is like the, the religious center of the, of the Jewish faith, you go in this temple, and there are all these courts and different like, like layers until you got to the like, most holy part of it, but in each one of those, the corners, there was a, a money box, all right? And, and when you came in there, you, as, as an act of worship, you would take some money and you would put it in that box for for the needy, okay? And the reason you do that is I'm trying to learn who God is and God cares about this and I care about God and God, so I care about that too. And so you would put money in that box for the needy, all right? We have blue buckets in the back. It's the same, same thing, all right? So, so here's the thing. There, 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 was, there was this one group of people and everybody knew about them, but nobody would talk about them, all right? Who, who showed up and they wanted everybody to know not only that they gave, but they gave a lot, Right? Anybody been to that church? All right? So, so, so here's what they would do. All right? Be before they would come to temple, they, they would go to the bank and they would take their money and say, could you change that into the smallest coin possible? It'd be like this. Let's say you were going to give $1,000 today. Feel free. All right? Um, 
But before you, before you gave that, you stopped by the bank and said, can you put all that in pennies? All right? And then you pull up in the parking lot, and then you're like, right? Because it's going to be a show, all right? So, so you would walk up. This is what would happen. They would walk up, and there's this box in the temple. But in order to get that money in there, they had this big metal like funnel. And it kind of looked like a trumpet. Right? And, and what you do is you get, all right, give me the pennies. And you get up on a, on a chair or something. And then you, from a height, you would drop those pennies into a, me, a metal cylinder. And you could hear it echoing through the entire, the, the entire temple. It was almost like, I don't know, announcing it with trumpets. Look how spiritual I am. Look how holy I am. I, I, I must be God's favorite. I know we came here to worship God, but I, I could use a little worship my way as well. I mean, I keep the lights on in this place. I do a lot for this place, right? And we've, maybe you grew up in church and you're feeling that, ah, oh, I know who he's talking about. It's really painful if you go, ah, oh, he's talking about me, right? So here's the be careful part of that um, sentence. He goes, okay, if, if, if that's what you want, be careful. Because I tell you the truth, this is Jesus talking, you've received your reward in full. That's it. So if your motivation to go say, so the reason you're doing something good and the reason that you're doing is, I just want people to know I'm spiritual. I want them to think good about me. I want to be honored by other people. Okay, no, I guess do that, all right? But, but that's it. That's all the reward. Because God looks at and goes, that's not me. That has nothing to do with me. But, but if that's what you want, there you go. And Jesus says this, there's a better way. There's a better way, and he does what he always does. He doesn't look at how much money you give. He goes way upstream and goes, where's that coming from? I really care about what's going on in your heart. And so he says, how about this? If, if, you, if you're connected with me, when you give to the needy, I love this, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and then your father who sees what is done in secret, he'll reward you. Now, now I wanna look at that. I wanna clear something up. Couple of things. The first is this. What, what does Jesus mean when he says given secret? Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I grew up in church all my life, and I've heard this taught a certain way, and I think, I think they're wrong. Now, I might be wrong. You don't have to believe me, but think about this, all right? Um, here's, what, um, here's what I've always been taught that giving's in secret. Don't ever let anybody know how much money you give away to the church, to the poor, to an organization. You go, no, 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 no. Because uh, if, I, if I let you know that, then I'll lose my reward in heaven. That can't be what it means. I've been taught that all my life. You know why? Because two verses later, Jesus says the same thing about prayer. And certainly, Jesus is not saying, don't let anybody know you pray. Don't ever pray in public. You, know, you, you just you know, pray like in a secret. Right? It, can't, it cannot mean that because all through the Bible, everybody's praying out loud. Jesus is praying out loud. Uh, all through the Bible, Apostle Paul says, hey, pray together. Encourage people with, with, with prayer. So, so, so it can't mean you know, that kind of secrecy. Although I think a lot of people say, yo, my giving is a secret. But I don't think that there's hiding what they're giving because they give so much. I don't want people to honor me. My life was, I didn't, I said, oh yeah, it's just between me and the Lord. I was ashamed that I didn't give anything. And that's just me, that's for free, it's not a money talk, but it's true. All right, so, so, so what is Jesus talking about? And he says, hey, when you give, give in secret. And here's what I believe it is. He's talking about motivation. What's your motivation for giving anything or doing anything? All right, so, so Mary starts with this. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness and giving money to people in need, that would be one. Don't do that before men in order to, or for the motivation of, or the, the desired reward. Here's my reward I'm looking for. I just wanna be seen by people. Why, why, are you, why are you doing what you're doing? 
so other people will be impressed by me. Well, why aren't you, you know, giving to, to the needy? Or why aren't you giving to that? Because of what people might think about me. They might think I'm weird. And both, both of those are wrong conclusions to give to anything. To impress people or to worry about if people think bad about you. Um, so the, the only motivation must be this, and this is pretty convicting. What's God think about my giving? And here's even more kind of intrusive. What's my giving say to God or reveal to me about kind of the status of my with God kind of life? Now, please hear this. This is not about the amount that you give. Just a few chapters later, Jesus points to this really old, frail lady in the temple. She takes these two tiny little coins and she throws them in, hoping nobody will notice how little she gives. And Jesus goes, she gets it. She gets it. She gave, she gave these two little tiny half pennies, all right? And she threw them in there. But she, she, she gets it. I know her heart. See, it's not about how much you give. It's, it's, it's why you give. And what God is calling out here is, I, I see your secret. I see the secret. Do you? And, the, and the, the, the example that Jesus gives of, or the metaphor of giving in secret, I love this. He says, he says and don't, like, give like this. Don't yet let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I cannot believe Jesus is going, oh, you have no idea what's going on over there, do you? Right? That's just, that's just ridiculous. It's not about secrecy. It's, it's not about, you know, sneaking around. It's, it's about muscle memory. Right? So, so go back to learning any new, like, new skill or activity. I'll, I'll give you mine. All right. So when I was in high school, all right, I worked in this grocery store. And I saved up money. And my very first car was a 67 Mustang. I know. I know. And I had it all the way until I got married. And I had to sell it to pay for the birth of my daughter. But do you know how much that would be of value now? So my daughter's good. I'll, I'll keep my daughter. But, um, but it was a three-speed, all right, so a clutch and a stick shift and all that. And I'd never driven one before. Do you, do you remember some of you, and everybody in their 20s going, watch that stick shift, shut up. Uh, um, so uh, do you remember some of you, that when you tried to drive a stick shift the first time, it did not go well, right, right? So you had to think really, really hard, all right? And luckily I lived in Indiana and there weren't any hills to speak of, all right? But, but, but I had my left hand here and then my right hand on, on the stick shift, left hand of our foot on the clutch, and then this one goes on one of those two things. And, and remember, like, starting, like, and he's like, you go like, and people go, it's cool, man, it's cool, right? I didn't need that vertebra. And, you know, and, and then, and then you know, the one hill in the whole state is a stop sign, right? And you get up there and you go, this isn't gonna go well, this isn't gonna go right, and you're scared. And so you go, okay, let off on the clutch and go, and then, and, and then, right? And then, then you kill the engine in the middle of the intersection, and people go, honk, and you're like, love you, buddy. And, uh, and it's horrible. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what's worse. Try to teach your daughter how to drive a stick shift. Oh, it's like, it's like, I'm yelling, she's crying, I'm yelling, I don't think we're related, I don't know. Uh, but eventually, remember, remember how cool you were? Because there was a day when I didn't drive like this anymore, I drove like this, all right? And that was awesome. I wasn't as cool as if I'd had these boots. I mean, I've been over the top, all right? But then you're like, you, you cruise out of the high school parking lot and, and through, we had a strip where you go around the town square and like, but, right, right? And, you, and, and here's the other thing. You're not even thinking about it. Like my left hand would be here, my right hand would be here, and I'd just be cruising, all right? And you know, here's the other thing. If somebody, if somebody said, like, what, what, are you, what are you doing there? I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what are you, I, I'm just driving. I don't think about it. I, it's, just, it's just what I do. And remember, this is a metaphor. Um, I'm not talking about driving. It's just, eventually, Jesus says, it's just how you live your life, Right? 
And, and I, I, here's another one, right? So a few years ago, I had that LASIK surgery done because I go on a lot of mission trips and contacts and Africa don't work well together. And so I had one eye done long distance for hunting and the other one was for short distance, for, for reading. And so now, now when I'm in my truck, I can see long distance with one eye and then I look down at the dashboard and this one kicks in. I have no, I don't, I don't know how it works. My brain just shifts gears. It's effortless. I don't think about it. Now, at first, it was a little, I'm kind of, kind of dizzy, but what Jesus is saying is your life can be like that with enough practice, right? And he says, for the example, like, like giving to people in need, the, I mean, let's be honest, money's one of the most important things. It runs a big chunk of our life. And to let go of that, let's be honest, it's kind of like your first helicopter ride. This isn't gonna go well. This is scary. This doesn't feel natural. And people are gonna look and go, why are you doing stupid stuff like that? I, I get it. But eventually, it just becomes muscle memory. And people look at you and go, so what did you do at Christmas? We gave $600,000 to felons and their families. Why? And then a month ago, and what did you do in the West End? We had a whole fundraising thing for, for police officers and their families. How? How? I, I don't know. And then you gave a bunch of cars away? Yeah. And then you, you, you have schools in Africa and Afghanistan? Yeah. Why? You'll probably never meet those people. I, yeah, I mean, a couple years ago, I, I don't know, that wasn't, that wasn't me. And then I decided I, I just want to live a different life. And it felt weird and awkward and people in my family didn't get it at all. And now it's just like it's an expression of the kind of person I, I am. I'm just trying to train to become more like the same kind of person Jesus is, right? And giving is just one example. You can take that out, so if that, you don't like it. Like, how'd you become a more loving person? A lot of practice. So I, did you really forgive him for what he did? Yeah, how do you do that? It took a lot of training, and I fell down a lot. I had to re-forgive, right? How do you get so patient with your kids? A lot of practice, right? Um, hey, here's one. Um, and, and, so you come here a while, and then you're gonna go out to dinner with your buddies, and this is what somebody's gonna look at you and go, dude, what happened to you? I knew you in college. Like, this is not the same guy, the same girl, right? Because in college, back in the frat, you used to hit, hit every club. <laughs> I clean that up. Uh, my wife's right here. Uh, so you used to, used to you, you know, you, you had 50 girlfriends. And you, how long have you been with her? 15 years. How did you become a faithful husband? It took a lot of training, <laughs> and a lot of correction, and a lot of mistakes, and a lot of patience, and a lot of love, and a lot of forgiveness, and a lot of effort. And now, you know what? I'm kind of at a part of my life where what you're talking about, I don't even remember that person. I don't, I don't think about if I should go home. It's just who I am. Is that connecting? Oh, so I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop here. We're gonna pick up next week, all right? But here's something I wanna go back and I wanna point out really, really quick that we may or may not, you know, kind of picked up on, is that whenever Jesus says about changing in your life, the progression always goes the same way. You gotta learn new things and then eliminate some things that stand in the way, and then you get to work doing, doing some stuff. But in chapter six, he starts with doing stuff. Before he even gets to, you gotta learn some stuff and you gotta eliminate some stuff. So wh why would he do that? Why would he start at the end and go, hey, let's talk about you know, the practicing part that's on its way? And, and here's what I think. I think that Jesus is pointing out um, an obvious blind spot to a lot of us. And it's not because we're dumb. I think we, we really mean well, and we're, but we're a little naive. I think he says, listen, if, if you wanna become a better 
person, a good man or woman, a better husband, father, a better mom, wife, girlfriend, whatever that is, whatever that is, I I need to tell you right up front that everything I want to teach you to make that possible, um, it's not going to come easy or soon. It's going to take some some time. If you really want to see your life change for the better, it's going to take a lot of hard work. And, and I just want to tell you that up front before we, I want to teach anything new or actually look at maybe eliminate some stuff out, out of your life. And along the way, here's, here's what's going to happen. You're going to, this is what happened when some of us got baptized or stepped across that thin red line. We, 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 went, we went for it and we meant well and we were doing great. And about a week later, remember this? You thought, I think I got it. I think I know how to be a good husband finally. And then, it was pointed out to you that you don't, right? Or, or I know how to be a good dad, or I know how to be a good friend, or I know how to be a good, you know, uh, mom, whatever that is, and you think you did it, and then just when you thought it was all going well, it, it just all blew up, and your response was, I can't do this. I don't know what I was thinking to even try. Ever been there? Why, why, why even try anymore? I think this is the number one, like we talked about a specific scheme formed against you from Satan. I, I, here's what I think Satan does. I think he lets us get our hopes up. He's, he's evil, man. He, he's like, oh, oh, you want a couple wins under your belt? So you're feeling good? And you're going, okay, I got this husband thing down. I got this boyfriend thing down. I think I got this, you know, whatever part down. I'm do- doing well. Oh, get your hopes up. And then here comes a 120 mile fastball at your face. And you weren't ready for it. And it took you out. And you crawled into the dugout and said, I see. Why even try? And you go back to your old ways. So let me leave you with uh, some truths. And then here's a homework assignment. And then we'll get out of here, okay? Um, this is a good, like, take a picture time, all right? You can't earn your way into a good with God kind of life. You cannot earn your way into forgiveness. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn salvation. You can't, you can't do anything that's gonna make Jesus look at you and go, okay, you can come into my kingdom. You can't do anything, right? It's all grace. We're saved by grace. Jesus already did it all for us and we just accept it and step into it, okay? So, so we, we don't work hard in order to be saved or be loved or be forgiven. We just accept it. It's all grace. Everybody got that? Now here's the part, because usually we stop there, and this is why it all falls apart so many times. Here's the second part of that. Grace is opposed to earning, all right? Grace says, don't try to earn my forgiveness. Don't try to earn my love. Don't try to earn the kingdom, all right? So it's opposed to, 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 to earning. You cannot earn it. But grace is not opposed to what? Effort. It's, you gotta work, not to be saved, to change. Right? And I think we're really naive. We, we, we sit on the couch and go, I prayed a prayer and I asked Jesus to change my marriage and nothing has changed. Why? Because you're sitting on the couch with Doritos, right? Watching really horrible stuff on TV and you're wondering why your relationships are all falling apart. The grace is all there. What's your part? Not being saved, not being forgiven, not being given the power that's all available to us. It's not, what am I gonna do now? So, so here's kind of a formula. Just think about it this way. Your effort, okay, so willpower, I'm, I'm king, right, right? I'm gonna turn my willpower in a certain direction, and this is what I'm gonna look, all right? So that is, I'm gonna learn new things, I'm gonna eliminate some stuff, and I'm gonna practice. That's my part there, and then that combines with God's good grace. See, your effort alone won't change your life, and God's good grace makes change possible, but you gotta get off the couch. But if you put those two things together, this is where we end up, a changed a change life. So here's how I wanna end, all right? I want you to look at those three, those three circles, right? And, and I, want you to, I want you to pick out one area of your life, just one area of your life that's not going well. 
You're not going to tell anybody this, all right? Um, uh, and just pick out one. You go, I got 17. Just narrow it down, all right? I got this one part of my life, um, and here's what I mean by that. And it could be having to do with God, or it could be having to do with the person with you, or the person that you wish was here, but it's not. Whatever that is, okay? Um, and you look at that part of your life, and you go, oh, I don't know a lot about God. I do know this much, that that is not what God wants for me. Are you clear? I don't even want that for me. It's just what I've got, all right? And I want you to take that part of your life and I want, to, I want you to run it through those three circles this week. All right, so write this down. We'll put it all on social media here, all right? But, so that part of my life. What? Learn. Let's look at learn. What do I need to learn? Um, how about this? What part of God's truth needs to come into this area of your life? I'm just gonna use marriage as an example. That's my marriage. God says this is true about marriage. It's not mine. All right? Sexuality, friendship, finances, whatever, addictions, right? That's my life. This is what Jesus says is true about me. It's not present there. It's just information. Just acknowledge it, okay? What's one? Not all of it, one, right? Now, let's do the next one. I gotta eliminate something, all right? What do I need to eliminate? Um, So what lie or what untrue obstacle or response is keeping this from happening? Jesus says that can be true for me, and then this is standing in the way, and it's not true, I'm just holding on to it because of what happened to me, how I was treated, what I've always believed is true about me, right? Um, because of what my body is telling me, but what my dad said to me, by the person that left me, they said that that's not possible for me and I believe it. What, do I, what needs to change? This is true, that won't let me have it. And again, I want everything that God says he wants for me. And in order to get that, I have to go to war. Right? Does that make sense? And then now all this, nothing's changed. That's true. That's in the way. Nothing's changed. You got to go to the third one, which is why I got I to put some stuff into practice. What does that mean? So what is, what's the, what's the, what is, how many? One. What's just one thing, one action step that you could do just to start training, practicing some new stuff for that new muscle memory in that part of your life. And that one, just one Listen, it took you 20 years to screw up your marriage. You're not gonna fix it by Tuesday, right? If if you have an injured relationship, it's not gonna come back together in a five-minute conversation. But what's what's one thing you could do? Just one. I'm addicted. What's one phone call you can make? I I want this to happen in my life, and that won't let me have it. Then what's one step in that direction that you could could make? And and let me tell you what's gonna happen. You're gonna take that step in your direction and here comes a 120 mile an hour baseball at your face and it's gonna take you out of the game and you're gonna go, see? Just like the last 50 times I tried to change my life, nothing happens. It's gonna get rough. It's not gonna happen fast. So here's what I wanna do. Here's how I wanna close, all right? So you guys don't believe me, but God speaks to me on Highway 7. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm in my truck and I'm driving between the come and go and King Supers. I don't know. And it's usually when I'm headed west looking at mountains. You don't have to believe me, but you're wrong. Um, so I, a couple weeks ago, I'm driving down the road and this worship song is playing. I never heard it before and I, I, I play it several times and I think, boy, that would be helpful. That was true. You ever, you ever listen to a song going, boy, I wish that was true? And it is. So on all of our campuses and around the world right now, we're, gonna, we're all gonna learn a new song we never sung together before. I'm gonna give you the lyrics. The, na- the, the name of the song is Good Grace. Because my life combined with good grace gets better. 
Um, I didn't do very well going through these lyrics. Says, None of us are thinking about a, hypoth- a hypothetical thing in our life, are we? We have one and it's not going well. And I'm thinking of mine right now. Here's the lyrics that I almost had to pull off the road. It says this, so. Don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. One of Jesus' titles is the lifter of my head. Look up here. Fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. And whether you believe it or not, it's true. God is madly in love with you, so take courage. Hold on. Be strong. Remember where your help comes from. It's Jesus. So you're gonna get knocked down hard. And you wanna crawl off the field and back into your hole, back into that dugout and say, that's all I ever get. No, 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 my, my strength comes from the Lord and it's gonna take training. And you're not gonna be very good at it for a while. But with enough time, our life can change. Amen? Let's stand up, I'm gonna pray and then we'll all learn this amazing song. Don't, you know, I'm on time. <laughs> right? Thank you. Like, oh, it's about dang time, right? right? Um, I'll be out in the lobby if you wanna see my boots later. Uh, um, I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna sing this song together. The, the, the last part of the song is better than anything I've said today. So Lord, you're good and we need you. And that's not a, that's not a confession of we're bad, horrible people or we're weak. <laughs> I, I sometimes feel like that. Um, you look at me and you say, I, 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 I declare you good. I declare you my child. I see potential in your life, but we gotta get to work the things you don't even believe are true about you, I, Jesus says he still believes it's true about us. But it's gonna take some time. We gotta learn something new, get rid of some lies, and then if you'll, if you'll teach us and coach us and encourage us and give us strength to get back up when we don't do it right, maybe, maybe that promise you give us could actually become a reality in our life that things can change for the better. And we want it. So we claim it. We want everything you have for us. And we pray all this in the good, good name of Jesus. Amen.